What is happening, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Send It, the podcast. And today, we are joining an exploration of Maddie Schweitzer's life, a renowned waterman and visionary filmmaker known for his dynamic storytelling. We'll dive into his experiences at the challenging surf spot of Jaws, the inspiration behind his film venture, Island Eye Productions, and his approach to balancing an active lifestyle with family commitments. Get ready for an inspiring journey, peppered with insights into the evolving world of cinema photography, collaboration, and a sneak peek into the future of Island Eye Productions. Let's go! Yeah, that is right, everybody. What's up? And welcome back again to another episode of Send It, the podcast. I'm so happy that you're all here with me today. And, you know, I'm really excited to have this guy in the podcast studio with me today because not only have we been friends for the past, you know, five, ten years, I don't even really know how long it's been, but, you know, I've got to work with this guy on a professional level as well. And, you know, I would just say the words that, you know, I come to mind when I think about him is integrity and loyalty and trust worthiness and just a man of character and an amazing family man and so again maddie thank you so much for being here i'm really excited to have you and hey man why don't you introduce yourself a little bit no thank you so much ola really really appreciate it uh first off i'm pumped up my heart's racing right now after that intro song i hope i'm early morning vibes let's go surf (laughs) um yeah i I have a really hard time just describing myself in general just um yeah too many i feel like too many different things i'm interested in most of the time but number one i'm just born and raised in lahaina i absolutely love my town love the water sports industry i love my family my friends and uh yeah i just love life lately hell yeah man and that's i feel like that's the best way to go about it family friends loving life it's it's amazing man we have this uh beautiful blessed uh journey that we're on living here in maui and hawaii it just doesn't really get much better than this right on man well again um thank you and i think i'm just gonna jump right into these questions that i have for you and i came up with these questions because i really felt like you know these are some things that would be really helpful for other people out there and you know starting with this first question i had for you like you know in prior discussions you've mentioned that your journey to live a healthier lifestyle like ever since high school it's it's kind of like impacted your life um how has it impacted your life? How has it impacted your overall well-being? And how has it impacted your influence to your approach to life? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. It's it's just been a journey. I feel like I am not there yet. It's but that's the great thing about health. It's it's a lifelong journey. Every single person is different. So it's just um, we have to learn from our own experiences. And uh, I had some some health issues growing up when I was a kid. I've had a few stomach surgeries by the time of like seventeen. Um, and due to that, I just, in my head had, had it that I was just unhealthy, that I wasn't going to be healthy. I had it, um, in my head that I just wasn't going to live very long as a, you know? And, uh, so I, I realistically at the age of like 16, I started partying pretty hard. Um, I just, I love life. I love having fun. I love doing things. But my big thing is I'm, I've always been a people pleaser. I just, I, I want people to like me. Um, and I was just a little bit too too focused on other people um it's made me who i am today it's why i love talking i love communication i absolutely love people i hate being alone but um 
Yeah, that, that thing as a kid and a teenager of just wanting to please other people and kind of living life for uh, other people and how other people think of me and view me. And realistically, I you know, college, I drank too much and partied a little too hard. Luckily, I never got into any hard drugs or anything. But uh, realistically, it was just that overall mind state of just not always telling yourself in your head the positive healthy things and over time that's that's kind of the changes that i've realized is it all it all starts in our head we need to start loving ourselves we need to start convincing ourselves that that we're going to be healthy that we are healthy that we are happy and with that it takes time but um it's take, been over a 10-year journey for me but i'm just i'm so grateful for just really focusing on myself right now without being selfish. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So in with that healthier lifestyle, like was there something um, like concrete? Did you go to the doctor and they're like, hey, you've got something wrong with you? Or was it more just like you were realizing that you were going down a certain path and that you didn't want that for yourself or your body. And so you just decided to make a change for the mm -hmm. better. Yeah, realistically, it was my, my stomach issues. I just kind of growing up, it was just kind of I accepted it. Um, like I said, and then racing motocross, I have been hospitalized for so many head injuries, so many concussions. Uh, don't quite remember my age. Um, yeah, somewhere around 2012, I had, I think, my 11th <clears throat> major concussion. I was out cold for a long time. And then the very next day, I just dropped complete grand mal seizure and ended up with uh, epilepsy. So dealing with epilepsy for a little bit and having seizures, literally two, three, four seizures a week sometimes. Um, it's one thing when your body's going to crap, but it's another thing when you start losing your mind and it's a really, really scary thing. So that was the biggest, biggest life change for me that I realized, hey, I'm either I'm either screwed right now and I'm going to take medication like the doctors are giving me for the rest of my life or I'm going to I'm going to do something about it. And I really found some some drive and some motivation to change the way I eat, change the way I talk to myself, change my lifestyle. And it, it didn't happen right away. Uh, but slowly, all of a sudden, it's just so many things in my life have changed and improved just by trying to help my brain um, and my my seizures. That's amazing, man. Now, I want to jump into this next question. Um, you know, being a dedicated father and husband, it seems like it's a real significant part of your identity. Um, how do you balance your roles as a family man with your professional pursuits, like especially in the, the dynamic world of water sports and the, you know, cinema photography? I feel like I don't. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I just I love my family and my kids so much and just asking me that question i just feel like i don't spend enough time with them even though i know i do um there's just there's that that drive you know that deep feeling in your stomach as a father that just you want the best for your kids you want to be there for your kids so um having three young kids and being the sole provider for our family financially uh as well as being the father figure it 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 uh it's my fire. It's my fuel. I love it. Like some people are like, how do you balance it? But in reality, I hate being bored. The more responsibilities that I have, I feel like the more I'm able to step up. Dude, that's epic. Uh, I totally like feel you on that one, you know, being the sole provider, uh, having these kids that are looking up to you and like they see like your every move, right? Like when you're pissed, 
they're watching that. When you're happy, they're watching that. When you feel healthy and good and you come home smiling, they're watching that. So it's pretty, pretty amazing. And then to watch those little, these little kids with these little personalities like growing and seeing them, you know, just like soak everything in like a little sponge. It's pretty amazing, man. So that's cool. So now, you know, it's pretty, pretty awesome. I know you from, you know, obviously from surfing and just, you know, both uh, growing up here in Lahaina, but you know, as an accomplished waterman, you've surfed and provided water assistance at Jaws. And you know, I know a lot of people um, might not know this about you. A lot of people know your brother because your brother is like kind of on the, um, you know, the actual like what most would think the athlete side of it. And you've always kind of been, you know, the guy behind the camera. But in reality, you're just as badass. And you not only do you surf the same type of waves, but you also provide like epic assistance for your brother and other people that are out there. Um, what draws you to the ocean, and how has that connection with that with the ocean shaped your perspective on life? Um, again, it's two different things. There's the ocean, and then there's the people. And I'll start off with the people. And no bite even hearing that I'm an accomplished waterman to me, it's like, dude, I'm born and raised on Maui. Um, in my mind, I'm not that accomplished, uh, in the grand world of water sports. Yes. But man, I'm born and raised, um, looking up to my dad and all of his best friends. And my dad's got 18, 18 world title wins. Uh, his, some of his great friends were Laird Hamilton and the whole strap crew. And I literally grew up around, world champion athletes and then my little brother um at a really young age ended up being one of the best in the world at a young age and still is and most of my friends from clay to dusty to i mean ev all of my friends are just so accomplished in the world of surfing and water sports that it's it's um i don't feel that accomplished because i'm just i'm i'm grateful that I'm able to be surrounded by such experienced people and such um, people that are willing to share to share their experiences and share their knowledge. So that's been a big reason, I think, just why I am so involved in it um, on the grand scheme of things. But personally, when it comes to the ocean, man, if it's a uh, the ocean is something most people if if you love it, it just draws you in, man. And there's that fear. And if you don't love it, and if you're scared of it, that's also the thing that draws me in. You know, it's um, it's one of those things. It's a really, it's actually one of my biggest battles in life is is surfing because of my my history with competing, um, and how dedicated I was, as well as the pressure I put on myself to surf big waves. That when I think about surfing, when I see a big swell coming in, um, it's the only time in my life that I really get anxiety. It's the only time in my life that I'm just spinning in circles. I try to farm. I try to focus on other things. I really cannot think about the swell coming in. Um, but the second I'm in the water, it's it all washes away. Right when I get in the water, if I could somehow force myself to get in the ocean, it's just my body takes over. Subconscious takes over. It's like it's what what I was meant to do, truly. But well, yeah, you know, it feels like it seems like it's been really just ingrained into your soul. Like, and it was it's partially genetics too, right? From your grandfather to your dad, then down to you guys. It seems like it's just something that uh, you know you're born and raised with. It's second nature. 
And uh, I remember we were traveling. I think we were we were driving someplace in negative de- degree temperatures. But you were telling me about just like you know, it's not even being scared. It's just like this exciting, like crazy anxiety of knowing what's happening. Because I think we got back from a trip, and I think it was like that next day you flew in back. There was like a massive swell that everybody was uh, going to, and you were kind of just like, oh man, I'm so excited, but like I'm a little bit scared, but I'm really. Uh, more just anxious and I, that's the only thing I can think about. So that was really cool. And I wanted you to give that perspective to the listeners out here as well. Now, one of the biggest things uh, I know in your life, uh, you know, aside from your family and surfing is uh, your business that you started. Um, let's talk about Island Eye Productions. And then like, let's dive into this new project that you're working on currently called Rising from the Ashes. You know, I, I'm, I feel really grateful that I got the chance you came in here before, um, you know, that your, your, um, your video, well, part of the video was done and you got to let you, you allowed me to watch it. And I thought that it was really amazing. Um, what you guys were doing out there for the community, what you guys have been doing ever since, you know, you got, you got back from the mainland as soon as you flew back. Um, but can you share the inspiration behind Island Eye Productions? And then like, can you share some of the stories that you aim to tell through this film production and cinema photography company, you know, including rising from the ashes? Yeah. So with, Island Eye Productions first with or myself as a filmmaker. Um, you know, I've been doing this for close to 14 years and I started off just wanting to following my brother, wanting to be a professional surf uh, videographer. Uh, worked on the stand-up world tour, a couple windsurfing world tours and did everything I could. Um, and it's hard, man. It is a real struggle to make it as as a self-employed entrepreneur no matter what you're doing um it seems great on the outside but there's a lot of lot of struggle especially just to just to pay the bills for for sure um island eye productions actually my good friend david started it um brought in wes and then myself and it ended up really quickly uh, growing much bigger than we all expected and uh we all had some different different ideas and ended up to where i ended up taking over the company um all on great terms david's so so talented such a great guy we all still work together a lot but um realistically this this company the aim for me is just to be able to to take my name out of it and involve local talented filmmakers as a whole my dream is just every project being able to make other people money i am way more excited if i can make a hundred grand and make nine other people a hundred grand rather than being able to make a million bucks like i'd be way more stoked that's like my dream is just to make to say like hey we're doing this together um so that's that's kind of my dream. Maybe it's because I never played team sports or anything, but uh, <laughs> I, I really want to be able to bring people up together and not just tell stories and make money and work for hotels and shoot weddings. Um, I want to be able to somehow impact somebody's life by seeing my film. Uh, again, I don't care if only 100 people have seen one of my videos, but if one person drew some sort of inspiration by one of the films that I made and will never forget it um, or somehow saved their life like and in a sense that's that's what I'm doing it for Um, there's some messages that I get where people you know if you've sent me a message and I I promise you thank you I appreciate it there's there's just some encouraging things that every once in a while you get and it's just like damn I'm I am impacting somebody a little bit you know inspiring somebody a little bit so 
Hundred percent. So let's talk about this current project that I know you've been working on um, really hard and for the community. But it's called uh, Rising from the Ashes, right? And so, what can you tell us about that? Um, you know, we went through a lot, and it's just I I was doing it. I didn't know what I needed to do or could do, and but I just did. We all we were all doing every single one of us, man. If you weren't frozen and in shock, you just were helping. You were helping. And as a filmmaker for the first two weeks, I didn't even want to pick up my camera. You don't want to stick your camera in people's faces when, when people are going through the things they're going through. Um, but, you know, after week two or three, you know, when we all started to realize like, man, where's the help? Like it didn't come and really realizing like, hey, this isn't just a one time event. This isn't like a week long event, a month long event. You know, that's subconsciously it was just like I kept we kept working. We kept doing we kept working and and. Like as if there was some end, some end day to it. Um, and once it kind of started to hit, like, dude, this is the rest of our lives. This isn't just the next 10 years. This is the rest of our life. It's like really how I feel scattered, how I'm doing too many different things at once. I'm making decisions that are way over my head. Um, fit, pe talking to people on the mainland or filling up airplanes and telling me what to load the airplanes with. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. So I really had to sit down and think for a little bit, like, what can I do to truly make a big impact, to truly help my community? And it just like, dude, I'm a filmmaker. And it just hit like, I need, it's not sticking a camera in people's faces and trying to, um, you know, manipulate a situation. It's trying to tell people stories. And all of a sudden I felt like I was this little bit of a journalist, you know, it was like truly journalism. I was just like, I'm trying to tell our story. I'm trying to get the word out. And, and I realized it was just this calling, like we have three or four filmmakers from Lahaina, two of which lost their homes. We have an opportunity to tell the story. We have an opportunity to tell the right story. And it, it, I just felt called to just, to just go all in and do it and made some big calls, big decisions. And, um, it's, it's going right now, but my whole goal is just truly to gain more awareness um, to keep the awareness going, um, to keep people talking about Lahaina. It's not necessarily about the keeping the money flowing in. It's just about the love, the support, the prayers. And honestly, most importantly, it's, I truly believe that people can learn from our situation, from what happened, and they could learn from how we responded for future things when, when something happens to their own town, whether it's a fire or flood or anything like that. What, what we did, the way we came together, the world needs to see it. man. Yeah, I agree. It was pretty amazing to watch how everybody rallied, you know, just everybody from the whole island, actually the whole state that everybody came together and, you know, really did make a difference. And uh, everybody had their own way of striking that impact um, in other people's lives. And this is really cool that this is your way. And so for the listeners out there that aren't from here, from Maui or, um, uh, you know, Hawaii in general, what Maddie's talking about is the wildfires that took place on August 8th uh, here in Lahaina, where we're all from, where we're actually broadcasting this um you know, this, this podcast from, and I haven't talked about it very much at all on this show. Um, but you know, there, the, the impact was, it was absolutely devastating and it was something that completely changed a, the, the whole way that we will view this town for the rest of our lives. So it, it was pretty amazing. Um, you know, just, it was amazing just to see the reaction from the people here. You know, like what Maddie was saying is there was nobody here to help us in the first couple of days. And that's a crazy thing. You would think, dude, there's literally like, it's almost as if our town got bombed and there was nobody there 
to help us fight that bomb for like three days. So it was a pretty insane thing that we had all gone through. And the fact that, you know, Maddie and his team are, you know, doing this right now, you know, passionately and trying to tell this story, keep it alive, and then potentially, you know, push it out for other people to watch so that not only to keep everybody informed of what's going on here, but then to protect other people, you know, from making the same mistakes that we did here. And when I say we, I'm not talking about, you know, all of the people that were out there, you know, fighting and helping. I'm talking about our government. (laughs) I'm talking about our government. (laughs) I'm talking about our government. (laughs) So, you know, and, and they did, you know, and they are stepping up and they, it seems like to me, you know, this is a first time thing for them too. So they didn't even know how to react. And when you've got something like a corporation like that, you know, if they make the wrong move too quickly, guess what's going to happen? They get hung for it. If we make the, you know, and so it was just a really crazy time. And I, and, and I hope people do support this rising from the ashes, what you guys are putting together so that you can put as much into it as you can to help other people in the future. Now, just really quickly, I know that you guys have a uh, Kickstarter or an Indiegogo. What is it? Uh, yeah, it's just on Indiegogo and it's titled Lahaina Rising from the Ashes. Lahaina Rising from the Ashes. Epic. So if you're out there and you guys feel inclined, please do go there and support this cause because they're not, they're not getting paid from this. They're just doing it out of the love of their hearts so that they can help the community and other communities in the future. Now, that goes into my next question because I always ask my guests, like, what are three words that describe yourself? And yours were loyal. And obviously, this is a hard thing for anybody to ask, especially like, you know, humble people. And uh, you'll see he didn't say humble. (laughs) guess that would have been. (laughs) My first ones were like, it was like I wrote down asshole, this and that. I was like, oh, God. But no, he described himself as loyal, well-rounded and an honest, open person. And I 100% agree with that. So can you talk to us about how those qualities manifest in your professional life? That's the first question, but especially when working on creative projects or navigating the challenges of, you know, the, the film industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, life, um, it's, it's, uh, I feel like it's always, it's just so important to be loyal to your family, uh, your friends, the, the people around you. Uh, loyalty does not mean you go down on a sinking ship with the captain that purposely drove the boat into a reef. Um, I have some friends that do that. Um, I'll always be there for them. I'll always be there for them when they're ready, right? But I'm not going down with them. Loyalty doesn't mean um, you you have to go down with your friends that aren't going to listen to you, right? Um, but with that said, too, I'm in the film industry, man. <laughs> it's the most cutthroat, unhonest, non-loyal industry you could possibly think of. And I always hear these Hollywood standard, this is industry standard, all this. Dude, I'm an artist. There's There's no industry standard for me right? We are artists, right? And I want to take that out of it. I'm not Hollywood. I'm not New York. And I, you, you can trust me. I, I'm, I'm not telling people they can trust me, but loyalty, right? On the projects and the people that you're working with and the promises that you make to the the projects you're shooting and the people. It's, it's to me, I feel like there's nothing more important because I believe in karma, truly. And what was the next one? <laughs> loyalty? Yeah. Loyalty. <laughs> Well-rounded. Well- yeah. And, and again, it's like things I, like I'm tooting my own horn by saying well-rounded. I'm kind of saying like, I can't focus on anything. 
like Lear and, and I can for a little bit of time, but like I don't see myself as being really a master at anything. Like I'm not like my brother at some things. I'm not like I just I love learning new things and change. Change is so important, man. If you could learn to embrace change and somehow thrive in changing environments and changing things in life is one of the most important things in the world because that's the only thing we can count on, right? Our, your burnt town could burn down in one single day, right? You can't be too, too stuck with your routines and your, your, your objects and the things in your life. It's change to me is just something I thrive off of. And that's why I kind of say well-rounded because I, I love trying new things. I'm not afraid to try new things and I love doing lots of things. And I get a little bit I don't want to say afraid, but almost anxious when I catch myself doing the same thing for too long. Oh, totally. I'm the same way, man. So I definitely get where you're coming from. Now, you know, um, and I just kind of want to go back, but and I'm using this as an example, but Rising from the Ashes, the, the film that you're currently working on, um, you know, it implies a journey of overcoming challenges. So like, can you share a professional or, you know, personal setback that you faced um, and how did you manage to rise above it? like drawing inspiration from your current endeavor? I guess one of the bigger things I could just go back to is, you know, I've lost some people in my life that were really hard. But again, my seizures, man, that was one of the biggest thing where I really feel like I rose from the ashes. You know, it was like when you start to lose a little bit of your mental fortitude and your logic, it's, it's a scary thing, man. We all go through moments of depression and anxiety in our life. And it's, it's really, there's, you cannot rely on external forces. You cannot rely on a pill. You cannot rely on somebody else to help you. It's within our own head. And we got to be able to come out of it ourselves. And when we, my, my grandma, who was one of the most important people in my life, you know, she'd say, it's just slaying the dragon. We all have our dragon, right? In life. And we have to find what that is. And we have to slay that dragon. And doing that, the dragon becomes a part of us. It's your fire. It's your fuel. But if you leave, live in fear your whole life of things, it's just, uh, it's not going to help. So I would say, you know, my, my, my seizures and just being able to push through and come out of that. Cause it was, it was a couple of years for me and it was, it was difficult. Yeah. It seems like, you know, when you go through those things that are like really tough in your life, like having to go through seizures and f literally battling that or like surfing at Jaws or like training or whatever it is, like you can look back on those moments and be like, ah, this situation I'm in right now, it's not that bad. I literally just got held underwater for almost a minute and I lived. Like, what is this? That's like, another dragon for me right now. Right, right? It's like, what is this? Like, what? this is nothing, you know? Or, or I literally, like, help my body recover from, you know, seizures. Like, what is this little day-to-day -day thing, right? That feels like it's such a big thing holding me back. Well, it's nothing, right? It makes it makes it that much easier. So thank you for sharing that. Now, beyond your personal achievements, what do you envision as your legacy in the world of film production, storytelling, cinema photography? What what's what do you want to leave with people? You know? Like you're up there, you're 90 years old, you're looking back on your life. What do you what do you wish that legacy to be? Inspiration. I just want to inspire people. Um don't want i mean it's cool to make a feel feel good film um but i want to inspire people i want people to get off the couch and go live their life or get up and make a change or see one of my films and realize my life is not that bad there's a lot 
other more people out there. They have all the cards against them and they still come up with a smile on their face. They're still able to get going every day. And I'm bringing up this because I have another documentary that I'm been working on for three years that I'm trying to release about my good friend who's a quadruple amputee. And this is one of those films that I truly believe somebody's going to somebody's going to see this film and make the decision they are not going to take their life. That's amazing. That's that is that's literally life changing. And yeah, man, I can't wait to actually see the full film. I think, uh, you know, I know you've been working on it hard for the past few years and, you know, we've talked a little bit about it, but I can't wait to to see it when it's wrapped up. And and, you know, that's going to be really cool. Now, you know, with, um, you know, the film world in the in the business of filming, you know, whatever cinema photography film, you know, there's always like I talk a bit about technology on here, but there's always a bit of like technological advancements there's trends changes you know there's all these different things that reshape the industry how do you with island eye productions plan to stay at the forefront of like all those developments and is that or is that something that you care about it is it's a really good question because uh, there's this contrast where i've recently come to the conclusion dude it's not about gear it really is people say it a lot it's not about gear um lenses are important it's good to have a tripod but like like camera like you don't need right nowadays in the year 2024 since the year 2020 2019 you don't need to be buying new gear every year your gear the big gear that you bought five years ago is just is good and it, it you can create quality you can do storytelling you can draw a picture right you don't need the best paintbrush in the world um so i'm really trying to realize to myself when it comes to gear to back off a little bit and put more effort into the storytelling put more effort into the heart and the love and the passion because buying all the gear in the world is not going to make you uh, a film right but on the other side of that time is very important time is very important and with all the new things coming out right now with ai and all these things you have to take advantage of it or you're going to be left behind right software side speed buying a new buying a new computer yeah like i will say buying a new computer every other year every three years might be smart when you look at how long it takes to export a film (laughs) you know hola how many times have you been like, Maddie, can you export the eight minute project that maybe we're not allowed to talk about right now? Yeah. But I'm like, sure, it says it'll be ready in 16 hours. <laughs> and really, it takes three days, you know, or it's like, God, if I just dropped three, four grand on a new computer, I would have saved myself fucking 10 hours. But that happens a lot. So it's um, it is on the software side of things. It it, it is important to, to stay up to date. Cool, man. Yeah, I, I, that's awesome. So now we already talked about a little bit, like when your company started, you you guys actually started as a collaboration. Um, you know, how are you approaching collaborations now? Um, whether it's with fellow filmmakers, if you're working with storytellers or other creatives, um, can you share a memorable collaboration experience that like kind of impacted your work? Uh, I guess I'm just going to go to the two different projects that I'm currently working on right now. And the one about my friend, Josh Bogle, the quad amputee. Um, I did everything, everything. I produced it. I directed it. I edited it. I filmed every single clip in the film until I dislocated my shoulder, trying to follow my quad amputee friend snowboarding, whom I thought I could easily do it, but he's such a badass with two prosthetic legs, I still couldn't keep up with them and I dislocated my shoulder. So one other guy filmed that day, right? So with this example, it was this like 
this anxiety of full creative control. This is my film. I did everything. I'm the, I'm this, I'm that. I don't want to give any percent. I'm already giving 50% to Josh. I'm like, I don't want to give anything else to anybody, you know? And I got to let that go. I got to be able to let it go. And I'm, I'm doing it a little bit with that project, just in the ending of it, just come wrapping up the film right now. I'm letting somebody else tighten up the film, letting somebody else get a couple clips. Uh, I still have the anxiety about it. But with this Lahaina project, I have a team of five people and the team of the five people, with all due respect, keeps saying like, this is Maddie's project. This is Maddie's pro-. And in my mind, it is not. Uh, we're saying that when it comes to negotiations with funding and all this stuff, but this is not my project. This is a Lahaina project. And pe- my teammates feel like I'm a crazy a little bit, but I'm, I want it to be an even split percentage. I'm not going to have one percentage more than any single person involved in this film. And on the credits for this film, there's not going to be a director. There's not going to be a producer. There's not going to be anything. It is a team directed, produced, edited, everything by a team of five people. Because I really, I'm, I'm trying to break through that. There is that control issue with me. You know, when when you have an idea, that's my idea. That was my project, right? And I'm not going to bring up other things, but there's, there's this other thing I'm going through with funding right now, you know? And it's just, man, don't ruin relationships. Don't ruin friendships because of an ego or because of control, right? Like, it, it's going to go. You need experience. We need to just keep moving forward in life and that, we all have that little bit and and it's something that I truly have and I'm learning. I'm on this life process of learning to let go, learning to apologize, learning to give other people, let other people take my credit, all right, even if it is something that I did 90% of and it is self-growth. It's something that I'm like, whew, I feel better about myself when I wake up in the morning. Dude, 100% and you know, that is one of the major like flags of leadership it's you know it's developing that leadership skill is knowing that you can't get very far on your own don't get me wrong you can do a lot on your own like and you can make it insane and you will be more connected but the the fact is is that in order to truly grow like what you're saying you have to include other people so that you can focus on the things that you're best at and so that those people can focus on the things that they're best at. I don't want to cut you off and we won't say what it is, yeah. but Ola's started a project from inception, did everything. Like I'm talking, maybe you guys will hear about this in five, 10 years, hopefully not 10, maybe a couple of years. But this project that Ola's been working in, working on, it should be 90% him. When I No, but realistic, but he's got this in him. He's a team leader. Like you are, Ola, you really are. Like to know that what you did, this project that you have created and worked on and brought everybody together and done almost so much of everything and to see how much you are splitting equity and you have brought me in and things like that. And it it means a lot. You're a great team leader. And it's just, you are another person that over the last few years has fully inspired me with business. I appreciate you, man. And, and, you know, I hope that I hope that it has inspired other people to to look at that and potentially do the same thing because it's true. In order to in order to grow, in order to you know just um, do anything great, it involves other people. 
You know, we're all, we're all only as good as the guy that we were yesterday. And if you get 10 of those people together or 20 of those people, they're all greater than the person they were yesterday, you know? And when we all come together, it's like, you know, like you are right now with these five other filmmakers, you guys are, you guys are putting together this collaboration of like greatness and your impact is going to be so much more wide and so much more amazing. So I'm really excited to see where everything goes now. You have a multifaceted identity as a filmmaker because you are, you're a filmmaker. You've got it. Like we talked about before, you have to be a storyteller. Then there's the whole family man component. How do you find moments of balance and self-care? Like when you have all these responsibilities and passions, right? We talked about health, but where do you find that? How do you take care of yourself? It's good because a lot of people's answer to that, and I, I'm looking for it too. I'm always looking to do better. And a lot of people, it's it structure. And um, with kids, it's uh, uh, repetition and time. What do you call it? When, uh, yeah, balance, you know, and like times and have a structure and a schedule. And I'm not that person, <laughs> right? So, but it is a great idea. A, a great question. When I am home, um, I'm, I'm just trying my best to spend time with my kids and unfortunately working from home i catch myself a lot as you probably know where you when you work from home the time you have with your family is not as um you're not focused it's so easy to just be on your phone be on the computer oh yeah i'll be right there i'll be right there so my thing is just that i i try to think about the best parts of my childhood with my dad um and my parents and you don't remember every day you don't, man. And with me, I forgot a lot of the bad stuff. There wasn't much bad stuff. I live a great life. But it's like those random memories that you have, you know, where it's just the adventure, you know. So I, I like to take my kids on the dirt bike, you know. Like, they're going to remember me taking them on the dirt bikes, you know, a couple times a week. They're going to remember me taking them out surfing, you know. They're going to remember me, hopefully remember planting trees with them. I like, love to plant stuff with my kids. And I tell them, you know, hey, I'm going to be gone one day hopefully before you and this tree's still going to be here you know so little things like that you guys know it's life is hard man life is so busy and we all it's it's normal for you to feel like you're not spending enough time with your kids especially if you're the financial provider um which i feel that way but um try to have even it's just twice a week just those those cool things that you do man with your kids for sure that's awesome man now looking ahead what are some of the exciting projects or goals that you have in mind for Island Eye Productions? And how do you continue to pushing those boundaries in your creative endeavors? That is because I want to do so many things. <laughs> uh, man, again, I think it just comes back to wanting to inspire people and following my heart, following my na'al, following my pit of my stomach. I will tell you guys, I have turned down close to a million dollars on two different occasions. Uh, in the last six months. Uh, it's not just here's a free million dollars. There's a lot of things that come with it, but something in the pit of my stomach said, you know what? This isn't right. There's too much. They want too much control. They're trying to manipulate a story. Um, follow your gut. Follow your gut, man. Think a little bit. Make sure to use your head. Make sure it's the right decision. But the biggest thing for me is just I'm, I'm trying to follow my stomach. Do what I know is right. What God would just be like, good job, Maddie. <laughs> You know, that's the little things. Dude, that's, a, I love that one. Like, think about it as like, yeah, if God was looking down on you when you're in your, that, those decision-making moments, is he saying good job or is he saying what the hell, <laughs> you know? Now, you know, obviously this podcast is about, you know, young entrepreneurship or even like old entrepreneurship or, you know, business owners, artists, athletes. So 
you know, a lot of the listeners out there and it's cool because I get to see the demographic range, but we have a lot of younger listeners like from the high school, you know, all the way up into like the 48, 49 year old range. And a lot of these people are just starting out their businesses. And, you know, what would you say to some of these new budding entrepreneurs that are just like so excited and they want to get started? Like what are some, what's some advice that you would give to them? Oh, I love it. Go, 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 go. <laughs> do it. Do it, do it, do it. There's so, I spent so much time as a kid just man, what am I supposed to do, right? What am I what am I made for, right? Like, bro, just do it. If you have an idea of doing something, try it. Try it, try it, try it. Do not be afraid to fail because I promise you guys, it is learning. You're going to learn more the more experience you have with failing, the more you are going to learn. Do not put this big dream of like starting this business so you can make a million bucks and next year retire it's never gonna be retiring next year right it's just gonna be next year you're a better person uh you you can be a little more in debt you can but no matter what experience is what's gonna get you out of the hole you guys and i talked to my wife recently about my kids you know we're like financial decisions and investments and all this stuff and even though we don't have much money right now but it's to the point where i really told my wife like i would much rather teach my kids how to make a million bucks than give them 10 million dollars and the only way to do that you guys is to just learn 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 make new experiences and go for it right again use your head a little bit sometimes it's not just following your gut uh if your gut's telling you that you know you want to make alcohol and sell it illegally you know that's maybe not the right decision right or something (laughs) but um do what's right again, you know, think you don't have to be religious, but whoever you're, whether it's God or a tree or whatever, like does the planet, would the planet be happy with what I'm doing? Am I doing something good for my community or people? And if you believe that you're doing something good, do it, do it with all your heart and keep failing, man. Keep failing. I love that, man. Just do it. Just get it done. Don't be afraid. Get out there and do it. And you know what, you guys? I just want to say again, thank you, Maddie, for being here in the studio. How uh, and, and just like really pumped. Really cool to hear your takes on all these questions. And I hope that it is going to impact thank somebody's you, life out there. And just thank you, man. Appreciate you for being here today. Well, right on, Maddie, man. Well, guys, everyone out there, that's a wrap on another episode of Send It, the podcast. You know, it's a podcast for entrepreneurs, artists, and athletes. This podcast is all about sharing the inspiring stories of those who dare to send it every day, whether if it's in their business, in their art, or sports. We hope today's episode left you feeling motivated and ready to take on your own challenges. If you like what we're doing here, please go to Instagram, add us on your Instagram, at sendit.hawaii. Subscribe to whatever channel you're listening to us on, if it's Apple Podcast or Spotify. Because then you can stay tuned for more insightful discussions in our upcoming episodes where we'll continue to talk about the lives of those who embody our motto, right? Until then, remember to take the leap, send it, and make your dreams a reality.